What an unbelievable couple of... There are five Republicans running, and this week you've been hearing from most of them. Here is the latest in that series of interviews. Peggy Hubbard is one of the Republicans who is running for that uh, Republican nomination for U.S. Senate. She is the only female, the only person of color in this race. She joins us live now. And thank you for being here with us. Thank you also for your understanding and rescheduling as we carried the governor's news conference live just after four o'clock with the latest on coronavirus. And I want to get your your thoughts on that coming up here in just a moment, too. Uh, But first, if you would, just introduce yourself to our listeners. For those who are not familiar with you, uh, tell them who you are, a bit about your background and why you're running for the United States Senate. Hi, everyone. Well, I'm Peggy Hubbard. I was uh, born and raised in St. Louis, um, and I am a wife of a police officer of 30 years who served on the front lines of Ferguson. Um, He was actually uh, the training officer for Darren Wilson uh, after Darren uh, came out of the academy, and uh, Darren credited his life being saved from the training that my husband gave him. Uh, We raised six children. We are the grandparents of 18. Uh, number 19 to be here in June. Um, I am one of eight siblings, um, raised by a single mo- mother in a Catholic faith. And I am best known for that viral video uh, regarding Black Lives Matter um, that went viral back in 2015 when uh, Jamila Bowden, a little nine-year-old girl doing her homework on her mother's bed, was shot through the heart doing her homework by a stray bullet. And I took to social media to blast Black Lives Matter because at the same day Jamila was killed within the same hour, uh, there was a drug dealer that was in a shootout in the exact neighborhood I grew up in. And um, he was killed by the police. And um, they had a full-scale riot over a drug dealer being killed and Jamila, nine years old, had her whole life ahead of her and her life mattered. And I just felt that that drug dealer was not deserving of our outreach. And that video went viral and I believe it is still going viral. And it's been seen from what I understand over somewhere in the ballpark of 179 million times. How would you, as a United States senator, protect children like Jamila? What what would you do to keep her safer? Well, individuals that I grew up in that neighborhood, I grew up in poverty. I know what it's like to go home and tell your mother, tell a mother that her child is dead, because I had to deliver that news to my mother. I lost my brother to violence, and I had to identify his body. So I understand the plight of what's going on, not only just in Chicago, but it's happening nationwide. It's happening statewide in Illinois. And Durban is more concerned with the illegals and not concerned with his constituents that actually elected him to office. So what I would be doing is I will be going into these neighborhoods I will be going into these depressed uh, uh, areas, trying to figure out what we can do to revitalize, stabilize, bring in education, bring in powers to, to bear that will help with the gun violence. And Chicago being the most strict city in the nation when it comes to 
um, gun violence or violence in general, um, we have over 6,000 people shot. And Dick Durbin's ideal is to have the CDC study uh, gun violence on the south side. Uh, we don't need the CDC. We need the FBI. We need ATF. The police officers need help. And they're afraid to do their job because they're afraid of being the next Darren Wilson. They're afraid of the Ferguson effect. So it's going to take a community effort. It's going to take education. It's going to take a lot of things. It's not going to be done overnight. But I think I have uh, understanding and grasp of what actually is needed in those communities. And one of those things is if we need to stabilize the area economically as well as uh, education. And that's key. And community involvement. So they need to know that they have a senator that actually cares. And that's my message I'm going to try to get across to these depressed areas. What do you you see as the biggest issue in this race for United States Senate? The biggest issue is having someone strong enough that's able to serve That's the biggest issue. We have tried time and time again to put up the same people against Dick Durbin, sacrificial lamps, you know, with no fight, no passion, no drive. And Dick Durbin is going to have a hard time with me being a walk away, a former Democrat, now Republican, who left the Democratic plantation, who is a former cop, who is a Navy veteran, who is NRA, Second Amendment, non-negotiable, pro-life, pro-military, pro-Illinoisan first, and against sanctuary cities, and will fight to shut that down. But this is so a... This, I, I'm sorry, go ahead, finish your point, sorry. Well, this... He's going to have a hard time pivoting with me. The other guys, he can take them out in short order, but I actually live the Democratic policies. I grew up in them. I know what they have done to our communities. And that is something Dick Durbin cannot escape with me because I'm that I'm that living proof. But this is a blue state policy. This is a blue state. Dick Durbin has won elections repeatedly for decades in this state. And you're going to be running with a with Donald Trump at the top of the ticket and polls continue to show he's not popular statewide in Illinois. How easy is it going to be to beat an entrenched incumbent uh, with with that political combination that that you're going to be dealing with? Well, I traveled this state uh, for a whole year. I've been running longer than all the other candidates. I filed my candidacy back in February of 2019, and I've traveled this whole entire state and then some. Matter of fact, I'm on the highway right now talking to you. I'm a passenger. I'm not driving. (laughs) Uh, (laughs) um, I've talked to people that are Democrats, and I have talked to people, and they said, we are tired of Dick Durbin. He is for late-term abortion all the way up until birth. And that's something Democrats cannot get behind. Even the staunch Democrats are saying he has crossed the line. They are tired of him. They've seen what's happening in Washington, D.C. They've seen how the Democrats have actually lost their minds, and now they are catering to socialism. They're courting socialism. 
And the hardest Democrats are telling me, we did not sign up for this, for socialism. And you're going to see a lot of Republicans walking away from that. So they said Hillary was going to be a strong opponent against President Trump. And look what happened. She won anything Illinois, though. Is possible. She won Illinois. Well, it, but anything is possible. And me being what I am, being, and I don't call myself an African-American. I call myself an American just happens to be black. Being in a minority, being a woman, being a veteran, being a former cop, being a pro-life advocate, being all of these things and a, and a pretty nice looking biker too as well, a Rocka Harley, it's the message. It's, it's the message. It's the messenger. And I think I can reach people better than Dick Durbin ever could. And I'm not going to be an absentee senator. I'm going to be hands-on accessible to my constituents. I'm going to work for them. One of the, and that's going to be key. One of the big issues, obviously, right now is the health of the nation. What's your plan for improving and ensuring access to health care for Illinoisans? Well, what I'd like to see done is Obamacare needs to go uh, repealed. Um, I, my mom had Obamacare, and trust me, it did not work for her. Matter of fact, she had Obamacare, and, they, and she had terminal cancer, and they told her, go home and prepare to die. They gave her three months. I almost lost my house. I know Obamacare doesn't work. I have friends that had Obamacare, and they got a tax bill for $18,000 for Obamacare because they didn't qualify, they said, at the time, and they got a huge tax bill, which could not be forgiven, and they had to pay that. What I like to see done is I like to see the government stay out of it until we can come up something that is going to be beneficial across the board for everyone. I do not want socialized health care. China has socialized health care. Look how well it's going with the uh, with the coronavirus over there. So when you, and, when you say you want government to stay out of it, does that mean there should not be mandated protection for people with pre-existing conditions? We shouldn't have a provision no. that, that says that insurance companies are required to cover them? I want to see insurance companies required to cover them, but I like to see it ran on a state level. I want to be able to see it be compatible, competitive for different states. If you can find another insurance policy, say in Missouri or Indiana or Wisconsin or other bordering states that have competitive prices and it's actually, it can actually work that way where they're competing for the viability of great health care. And if you can get it cheaper across the board, across state lines, that's great. I want to see it move to a state level before we start talking about a federal level. I want to see pre-existing conditions also included in that because you've got to be able to protect the people. And until we get it right, I think the government needs to allow the states to run their own health care until we can get it right.
You have so Obamacare doesn't work. We're talking with Peggy Hubbard, Republican candidate for United States Senate. You talk on your website about your uh, desire to cut taxes uh, and and help uh, middle class families in that way. We've seen a big tax cut under President Trump, but we've also seen the federal deficit explode on his watch. What do you think of the president's handling of the deficit? And uh, if you cut taxes further, will we continue to see increasing deficits and debt? I worked for the IRS for 15 years as an analyst, and I, I can tell you where the waste is. We spent last year $382 billion on fraudulent refunds leaving our country, going to Mexico, going to India, and going to Ethiopia. $382 billion. And while I was with the IRS, there is even more waste going out for individuals, not of this country, that are allowed to claim individuals that don't live here, that are allowed to claim on their tax returns and receive huge refunds. There is a hole there in our tax laws that need to be shored up. Well, you, Do you think that the is- IRS isn't trying to catch fraud? Seems like they're trying to do that all the time. I, I, no, no, no. They're no. not they're not trying to catch trust fraud. Me. Trust me. Trust me when I tell you. I've seen it firsthand. I've seen it. We've all seen it in the bureau. 382 billion dollars lost on refunds for individuals not of this country. They're allowed to claim people that live in Mexico. Did, did you did you blow the whistle on that? Did you go to prosecutors we, on that? We all blew the whistle. We told them exactly how to fix it how it should be done, what needs to be done. And trust me when I tell you, it falls on deaf ears. And we've been screaming this in the Bureau forever, that things need to be done and stopped. And it keeps continuing. And we see it every single year. You see these tax returns coming through the system, and you know that something is not right. And when you try to tell people what you can do to fix this mess, and save the government from sending out these refunds, it is very easy to do. And we have become the, the, the I, I call it being the, the, the government is the baby, is your baby daddy. That's what I call it. I'm, I'm unfortunately, it is, it's, I'm out of time here, and I want to make sure people have a chance to find out more about you before Election Day on Tuesday. How do they learn more about you? What's your website? And, and where can they find out more about your stand on all these issues? They can go to Peggy Hubbard for U.S. Senate. They can go to PeggyHubbard.org on Facebook and Twitter. Um, They can also uh, ask me questions on uh, Facebook and Twitter. Um, And uh, let's see. I did have, I meant to tell you this, when I announced that I was going to run for Dick for, uh, against Dick Durbin for U.S. Senate and think Republican nomination a year ago on Twitter, Twitter actually shut me down and took my personal page away and called it a hate speech, and I was banned permanently off Twitter. I'm allowed to have my campaign page, but I'm not allowed to have a personal page because running against Durbin, when I announced it, they considered it a hate speech and took away my personal page. They're a private company. Would you change it so they couldn't do that? Would you insist the government tell them who they can uh, or have to allow on? I have put up another page after that, and he took that one, too. 
So again, would would you, if you were a United States senator, would you require Twitter to carry pages like yours? Would you mandate that for for the yes. government? Yes, I would mandate that they allow people to exercise their free speech. It seems that free speech is great as long as you're a Democrat and if you're against President Trump. But they're a private company. Like aren't, aren't they allowed to make their own decisions about that? Well, if you're a Republican, uh, I guess it's no. But if you're a Democrat, I guess it's yes. Listen, I appreciate your time. Thank you. Uh, again, Tuesday is Election Day. Peggy Hibbard, one of the five Republicans running for United States Senate in the primary on Tuesday. Great to talk to you. Thank you. Thank you.